TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 943thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Steve and I go here on a football Friday. It is a Joey football Friday because Joe Sampson is back in studio. Philip Pilkington is producing. We're live on Facebook, live on YouTube, X. And I'm very excited for this show because, look, we talk a lot of East Carolina. <laughs> but there's no ECU football game this weekend. There's no ECU basketball game yet. The season's not here. There is a baseball scrimmage, but yeah, cliff ball. we're not going to be reporting on cliff, cliff ball, ball yet. So we're going to basically turn this into a pro sports hour. And so if you're not a fan of that, I'm sorry. Look, we talk ECU every other day. We're going to be talking ECU all next week leading into the SMU game after the SMU game. But today we're talking pro sports, and we're also making college picks segment one. So it's not like we're ignoring college uh, football as well. But I'm excited because I don't have to stress about ECU. I'm so fired up. The slate looks clean. We've got some high-powered matchups that we wouldn't have expected at the beginning of the year. We were talking to Phillip off the broadcast or the stream before we started this. I'm so excited for Fresno State, Wyoming. I, I didn't know those words would ever come out of my mouth as a college football guy, but I'm so amped up for that matchup. It's honestly going to be a great game. I think it may be the, the best game of the weekend. And I don't know, for you as a now a, a former player, and you're an analyst now, so you've basically had to, to lock in ECU the last few weeks. So I have. How much are you looking forward to just like sitting back this weekend and watching a whole slate of non-ECU games I and might just have enjoying it? four TVs up with four different games on the multicast and just sweat it out like a true fan. Haven't had a true Sunday or Saturday off in five years. And now it's your time. So now it's my time. I'm going to be a couch potato. That is, there's nothing, uh, nothing that beats being a couch potato, by the way. And I should, we should mention, we are going to make our college picks segment one today. Then we'll make our NFL picks. And we are also then going to have a heavyweight fight. Don't get me started. Round three. Because the Denver Broncos, the greatest NFL franchise in the history of uh, the league, will host the lowly New York Jets in Denver. What happened last time? Uh, it didn't count because Nathaniel Hackett was the coach, and that's a hey, uh, he looks fine here. He's uh, now with the Jets. So we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get into that. We got some props We're ready to break out. Look, nobody else in Greenville cares about Broncos Jets, but I promise oh you're going to be entertained uh, by our third segment. Mention. So <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. All right. So last week we had our picks. I went three and two in college, two and three in the NFL. Joe went one and four in college, two and three in the NFL. Another tough week. Hey, I'm a pro guy. You're a pro guy. You you are better at pro at this point. Speaking of pro guys, Philip, four and one against the spread last week in impressive. NFL. That's hey, impressive, man. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. <laughs> We're all blind according to our numbers uh, this season. Although I think you may be back at 500 overall now in picks. Yeah, I am. I'm 22, 22, and how many ever pushes we've had? Yeah, like 22, like 22 pushes. and three. Yeah, three pushes. I'm 17, 27 and three. Joe, 15, 29 and three. I've had some bad beats though. <laughs> you have. I've had some bad beats, some backdoor pushes. 
uh, Auburn deciding to know how to play football and Georgia forgetting who they are. That was a painful one last weekend. Yeah. I mean, however many ECU spreads. I mean, let's be real. We all picked ECU last week to cover. We all lost that. We all picked Georgia to cover. We all lost that. And then we all picked Denver to cover. We all lost that. So clearly when we are unanimous, uh, yep. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. Nope. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. An area we were unanimous last week. Anson Belton Buckle. Locks of the week. All three of us hit. I had the uh what what did I even have? Dude, Colorado. That's right. I, I was big Dude, on Prime. I was big on Prime. It was looking terrible. I was texting you guys and I uh, was saying some not so nice words about the Colorado Buffaloes in the first half. But they turned it on. They covered the twenty one, which was my lock. Joe, you hit your lock with Christian McCaffrey as well. Anytime touchdown, Christian McCaffrey, 13 weeks in a row. Looking for the 14th this week to tie Emmett Smith's record. He is, uh, he's having a special run. And, you know, it's got to be tough for Panther fans to see Christian hey. McCaffrey just shredding. Who rules? Matt rules. I mean, I'm sorry, Philip, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I like the guy. I've always liked the guy. I wanted to draft him. So I'm happy to see his success somewhere else. I'm glad it ended on a good note. I'm glad he still appreciates the Panthers. But, yeah, it's like, especially when Carolina has, like, no weapons right now. It's like, yeah. uh But we, we needed those draft picks. The problem is we had traded all these draft picks for these crappy quarterbacks. We got crappy quarterback after crappy quarterback, which, you know, some of them, Baker Mayfield, could have been better if Matt Rule wasn't the coach. This is true. Because we see how good he looks in Tampa right now. He looks like a serviceable starter that's not a star, but at least serviceable. Anyways, we'll go on to that rant. But anyways, yeah, we need some draft picks back because our front office is a bunch of idiots and the whole team has sucked since David Tepper took over. I hope he gets fired. Maybe he will comment on an intern's pants the same oh, way boy. that uh, Jerry Richardson did and they'll have to fire him. I don't that's, know. Oh, boy. So uh, I saw a tweet also, Philip. It said, the Panthers are in desperate need of a number one receiver. And then I watched DJ Moore last night put up, 51 points in my fantasy league. So, um, care to comment on that one? Well, we traded up to get Bryce. I mean, I think that was the only way we were getting Bryce Young. Yeah. It sounds like it was either him or Brian Burns. So, yes, they do need another number one receiver, but there are more number one receivers than there are number one quarterbacks. That's league, true. So, That's um, true. They went with the latter, and hopefully it works out. All right. Panthers in a tough spot. Broncos in a tough spot. Jets in a pretty tough spot as well. We'll get into that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is... He's done. We're fine. Uh, before we make college picks, guys, quickly, in MLB playoffs, so the games don't start, the divisional round does not start until Saturday, which mm. is like a little disappointing. I love MLB playoffs. I was highly disappointed by all sweeps in the wild card round. Really no drama. I mean, there was no. zero drama, and usually there's always drama in the wild card round. So Texas will take on Baltimore. That'll be a 1 o'clock first pitch tomorrow. Minnesota against the Houston Astros, 4.45 first pitch. Weird start time, but that'll be the start time in the ALDS there. You got Phillies, Braves, which should be a phenomenal series. A lot of uh, Braves fans around here very nervous about taking on the Ooh. Phillies. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, how hey about now. how about the story? I think they have, what, 84 regular season wins, and yeah. now they're mm-hmm. in the divisional round. They will take on the mighty Los Angeles Dodgers. I'd so, be scared if I was the Dodgers. Yeah, like, you know, we were talking about this with Bobby Harwood on Wednesday. Those teams come out of the wild card round, they had the momentum. Mm-hmm. These other teams have been kind of sitting around. So, like, what do you make of that, and what do you kind of make of this divisional series coming up this weekend? Well, the first thing I did was when we picked our MLB picks for, for the season, I put the Diamondbacks as the number one 
in the West. I believed in the team. Nobody thought Carroll was going to be what he was, but I thought they were an up-and-coming young team that had great pitching and a good staff and would be able to kind of get to where they needed to, especially with the Dodgers being the Dodgers. So they didn't surprise me because I knew what they could do against the Brewers. Uh, I never thought Corbin Burns would get shelled like that, so that was an odd shock. Always great when Tampa and Toronto loses in the same week. What a great way to start the playoffs there. Uh, Texas looked in control, and we knew who Texas was going to be. I thought the Brewers were the worst team of any of them in the playoffs, even though they won their division. But that's you know, the, Central was just always kind of weak. The Cubs had a 92% chance to make the playoffs 14 days before the playoffs, and then it wound up missing. So The Mariners also had a 90% chance to make the playoffs and wound up missing. It happens. It's tough. Uh, Phillip, do you have a – I don't know. As the, the Red Sox aren't in. My Mariners aren't in. Joe's Yankees aren't in. Do you have a team you're kind of rooting for in these MLB playoffs? No, that's the weird thing, right? I mean, it's like I uh, my dad's from Colorado, so I pull for the Rockies. They're like the worst team ever. That's not a helpful part. Uh, being a Red Sox fan, <laughs> I love Tito, and uh, Indians didn't make it, so he retired. Uh, the Guardians now, Philip. Whatever. I, I don't know, man. I just want to see good baseball. Do you guys have a team you're pulling for? I'm just pulling for good games, I guess. I don't know. I am weirdly... Well, I'm playing for the Twins because they're playing the Astros, and I hate the Astros. Absolutely. One of the worst uh, franchises. Yeah, I mean, just horrific cheaters. Uh, They have a ton of uh, buttholes just across the entire roster. I'm trying to watch my language here. Alex Bregman tried to play the (laughs) underdog card like they weren't. Oh, my God. The defending AL East champions. You got Hector Neris. AL AL CS champions. Yeah, Hector Neris walking off the mound and for striking out Julio, calling him. Yeah, Yeah, whole team of fake underdogs. Nothing drives me crazier than the AstroTurf underdog, which means that they try to be grassroots, but they're the big bad wolf. Go Twins is all I have to say, and I don't even like the Twins at all. Go D-backs. I guess, yeah, yeah, D-backs are a great story. I would like to see them win. Go go Diamondbacks. Can't really pull for the Phillies. No. You know, Braves, I I got a lot of Braves friends. I I wouldn't mind seeing them win, but also kind of enjoy – I'm going to – Probably yeah. catch a lot of flag for this, but I enjoy seeing them kind of fail in the playoffs. I'm already anticipating some kind of either dramatic failure or the Braves win by a combined like 47 runs this yeah. season. Usually, there's no in between with that. No, yeah, it's either crash and burn or World Series. So we'll see. Anybody but the Astros and preferably the Rangers. Yeah, here. I, don't, I don't want to see the Dodgers win either. I, have, yeah. I don't. I don't dislike the Rangers. Obviously, they're not in my division. Um, I do like Seager. I like to see him do well. Mm. Yeah, I, I do like Seager. He's had his you know his ups and the. With LA, but uh, he did go to the same high school my parents went to. So yeah, North Carolina boy. Yep. Corey Seager, his brother Kyle, another North Carolina guy, mm-hmm. played for uh, the Tar Heels and the Mariners. Really good player as well. All right, let's transition, fellas, to our college picks. It is an exciting week, and not you know not the best slate, but a solid slate, I would say. As uh, East Carolina gets the weekend off, it is their one open date. They'll actually have next Saturday off, too, at least from playing because they're playing on Thursday. Uh, so let's get into this uh, to these picks. We got Oklahoma and Texas in the Red River rivalry, not the shootouts uh, anymore. It's been renamed <laughs> because of, uh, you know, that's how things Rules. are now. Uh, so Texas is unbeaten. Oklahoma's unbeaten. Texas is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. As they get set to meet in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Looks like it'll be an excellent uh, weather day. 12 noon kickoff, 11 a.m. local time. Probably the game of the week. Um, 
I don't know why I feel an Oklahoma win here, and I'm going to Oklahoma to cover the five and a half. It feels like the underdog recently mm-hmm. has played pretty well in this game, so I'm going to OU. Let's turn it over to Joe. We we feel the same way, which is a dangerous That's thing. Not good at on all on this show because I refuse to take Texas in any type of situation horns or against down. the spread. Always horns down. Uh, I think Sarkeesian's going to have some trouble. I think Venables will do enough things defensively to kind of give some bad looks to Ewers. We know when he gets flustered under pressure, he puts the ball up. He doesn't take care of it well. And if they can't run the ball, which Oklahoma's defensive front has actually been pretty stout considering what they're normally built on, I think it's a long night for the Longhorns. Philip. Yeah, I'm going to kind of go off Igo's point here. It seems like the underdog in this game always comes out early, gets out to a big league, and then blows it and loses the game, but always covers the spread. So to our listeners, if you're making a trip anywhere, uh, for entertainment purposes only, you should take entertainment purposes only, you should uh, take Texas because we're all taking OU. All right, 0-1, cool. Yeah, but we're definitely all losing this. <laughs> I, I should just start changing my picks at the end of this uh, once we all go unanimous. We should take the can't-win parlay at this point. It's just all the teams we picked against. Yeah. All right, LSU is at Missouri, and this isn't the sexiest matchup, but it's an interesting game because both are ranked. Missouri quietly is 5-0. and up. Mm-hmm. LSU 3-2. and two. They've basically already been eliminated from college football playoff contention this year. You know, if it was a 12-team playoff next year, maybe they would still have a shot. So, for me, it's what is their motivation at this point? You know, there are five-point favorites going to Missouri. You know, looking at Missouri overall, this is clearly their biggest game of the year. They haven't really been super tested at this point. They did beat Kansas State. They beat Memphis by a touchdown. They're coming off a 17-point win over Vanderbilt. In the coming weeks, they got LSU at Kentucky, South Carolina at Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. So they're about to be tested. So they could finish six five and six. And, yeah, yeah, they could <laughs> finish and five seven. and seven. Honestly, uh, and I don't know. I don't know where. It, let's start with Joe. Okay, cool. Uh, I do not believe in Brian Kelly. I've been burned once before. Could be burned again, but I don't think he's got that kind of stopping power, even with this roster. If if Jaden Daniels tries to run the ball again, I mean, did you hear what Robert Griffin III said, Philip, where he said they tried to put him on the cross like he was Jesus? He's got to stop running the ball and getting out in space. He's he's going to get decapitated. Theo Weiss looks like a legitimate number one receiver leaving Oklahoma to go to Missouri. So give me Missouri, believe it or not. I do not believe in LSU, especially with this kind of spread. So, um, by the way, it is a five-point spread. I had four written. It has risen to five. So on your side, that's better for you. It has risen. Uh, let's go to uh, to Philip. What are you thinking here, at LSU? You, you've been kind of big on LSU this year at times, I believe. I have been, and uh, that's why I called Florida State posers the first week and ate those words. Uh, can I just head my bet, hedge my bets here and pick the Tigers and? Uh, or is that not how this works? I think you got to go Missouri, <laughs> Mizzou or LSU. Good um, try though. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. I don't know. I'm gonna go LSU. Um, I think they're gonna be a little ticked off. It's a tough game. Noon kickoff in Missouri. They're gonna be trying to be the first team to become bowl eligible. They're one of four, five and O teams playing in the early window. But I think LSU jumps up and gets it done. I just can't envision a world right now where LSU is three and three and uh, five hundred in the SEC at this point. So I'm going LSU, but I, you know, I think this is like Missouri Super Bowl. Not to use the lame, lame cliche, but I'm going LSU as well, and uh, would not be shocked if Mizzou wins this game. Well, I'm also considering that Brian Kelly's going to be so far down that they're banning photo shoots now. 
that he's going to be right. unable to coach because that's a huge part of what he that does at LSU. The family. The family. Uh, uh, and he spins around and he throws the L up and all the recruits look uncomfortable. He's going to be off his game. Marshall was at NC State. Six-and-a-half point favorite the Wolfpack is despite hosting the undefeated Thundering Herd. And NC State's making a quarterback change, MJ Morse. I'm going to go with State here. I feel like Marshall, you know, they've had some tight games. They've, I don't want to say lucky wins, but they're kind of due for a bad performance. And State's getting a bunch of heat right now. I think the quarterback change will help them. I like MJ Morse. I'm going State. Joe. Okay. I hate Dave Doran. Getting the thundering herd, it's not close. Uh, I don't think NC State is the team people think they are. I don't think that switching quarterbacks is going to stop that abysmal offense. Uh, Tim Beck just kind of looks overmatched. And to each their own, obviously, you have different kind of things to go through. But I think this is a rebuilding year for the weak, weak, weak Wolfpack. Philip, Whoever made the Wolfpack favorites in this game should be fired. Should be shot. Anson Belt and Buckle Lock wow. of the Week, the Thundering Herd Ooh. of Marshall. Fighting Trent Hollers. Straight up or just against the spread? Oh, uh, well, I want to make my Lock of the Week against the spread, <laughs> but I just uh, stand a better chance He's to not win going it. money wise. But, uh, but uh, I am picking them to win the game, but I don't know if I'm going to call it Lock of the Week. Fair enough. All right, Syracuse is at North Carolina. North Carolina, nine and a half point favorites here. I'm scared. Um, it's a big line, and UNC. Is, uh, you know, Syracuse has had a good season. How much have they really been tested? I don't know. The whole Tez Walker, uh, situation is getting so much hype. I'm going Syracuse here. I think everybody's going to be talking about Walker playing and nobody's going to be talking about Syracuse. And I don't know if Syracuse will win the game, but I feel like UNC is due for a clunker at some point. And, uh, I'm going Cuse to cover the nine and a half, Joe. I feel the same way. And that's probably going to get me disowned in my own house. Um, my brother played at Carolina, so sorry to do it. I think the orange, I think nine and a half is too much. There's some limited kind of offense that Carolina seems to be able to do against certain defenses. And Syracuse has looked apart except for the Clemson game. So give me the cues. Still. Cuse always plays one game on the road and hangs in a game they have no business hanging in. I don't think they have any business being on the same field as the Tar Heels, but I think this is that one game. I think they cover, but they lose. So we're all in Syracuse. Make sure to you bet on the Tar Heels. Uh, Kentucky is at Georgia. 14 and a half point favorites. Georgia is. Kentucky has had a, uh, has had an undefeated season at this point. Both teams are undefeated. Any chance Kentucky sticks around? And, you know, Georgia's been kind of disappointing. They haven't really blown teams out. I think they, they beat Kentucky here soundly, though. I'm going Georgia covers a 14 and a half. Joe. Give me Kentucky. I think Georgia had some weaknesses that were exposed last week. I think Kentucky has a veteran coaching staff that knows how to do that. They've played Georgia once before. They've kept it close, and Devin Leary's going to be the X Factor. So give me the Wildcats. Felipe. Georgia's due for a... Uh, a we said that you know, like every did, week. We said this every week. <laughs> I know we have. That's the we problem. Have, and we, we keep being wrong. But I'm not going to be wrong this week. Give me the Bulldogs by 20. All right, Notre Dame is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at unbeaten Louisville. Notre Dame has been tested week after week here recently, and I wonder how much that's going to kind of weigh on them. This is a second straight road game against a surprising team. But is Louisville really that good? No. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I just don't – like, I'm, who have they beat? I'm unimpressed. Uh, they are probably – and don't don't hate me in the comments here. They're probably the weakest undefeated team. 
So at this point, I'm checking their schedule. They have beaten Georgia Tech by five. They beat a bad Indiana team by seven. They beat Boston College 56-28, and then they beat NC State 13-10, which can't move the ball, especially with uh, Brennan Armstrong. Uh, and they beat Murray State. Oh. Uh, exactly. So I'm going Notre Dame here. Give me the uh, Fighting Irish by touchdown, covering the six and a half. Joe, Joe, put some respect on Ja Morant's name. He played at Murray State. Come on. Wow. What has their football program done? I'm just I'm just saying the school does not deserve to be called who. No, no, that's fair. I, I understand that. But also, if somebody was talking about Johns Hopkins football, to be D three, but the lacrosse program is D one. Yeah, but I wouldn't sports. say I wouldn't say who when you say Johns Hopkins right. because who? they're <laughs> fair enough. All right, Joe. Did you make your pick? I'm guessing you're going Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I lean to touchdown Jesus. I think touchdown Jesus is the six and a half. Uh, they have been tested. I don't think Louisville is nearly as strong as. Felipe's Duke homeboys, but I do think it can leave them vulnerable to a matchup, but I think Freeman knows how to handle the trap game, and I think the Irish come away with the win. Phillip? Yeah, we're going three for three. I'm going the Irish oh, as well. Man. We're going to have a terrible week. All right, in the last college game we're picking, and I'm thrilled about this football game, Fresno State at Wyoming. This is an 8 o'clock kickoff on Fox. So national TV for this Mountain West Conference matchup. Fresno is unbeaten. They're five and zero. They're a six six point favorite. Wyoming's only loss came to Texas. They are four and one. Give me the Cowboys of Wyoming at home. Tough place to play. I think they win straight up and definitely cover the six. I'm going Wyoming. You know we agree on some things, and that's when it gets dangerous because this is my Anson Belton Buckle lock of the week. Give me the Cowboys. I do not think that Fresno State understands the kind of game they are in for. App State looked like they were running against a brick wall against Wyoming. Wyoming led Texas at the half, and then Texas woke up. But this is a good football team. Give me the Cowboys and hand me that Cowboy hat. Deal. Yeah, I don't like how we're all all the same here, but 7,220 feet of elevation at War Memorial Stadium, the highest stadium in all of North American sports, whether that be college or pro, and uh, Cowboys. At home, altitude. All right, so to review, take the Tar Heels, take Fresno State, Louisville, and what was the first one was Texas? Okay, there's your can't-lose parlay. There you go. If you pick against us in those four, you're 100%. It's going to be rich. (laughs) All right, let's get our first break in. Long opening segment, but it's kind of by design. We got NFL picks next, and then we got the showdown. In segment three, already not surprised that Joe wouldn't save his Anson Belton buckle rocket league for the Jets because they're a terrible team. Why would but, I waste it on the Broncos? Because you know the Broncos are going to win. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. We'll be back NFL picks and have our uh, rivalry showdown later on. This is Hoist Colors on a Friday. What's happening, man? What's happening? Tell me. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into this Friday show. Again, no ECU game this weekend. We usually talk a lot of ECU. This is Hoist the Colors. It is a pirate-themed show, but there's not much going on. So we're just making game picks today, which we do every Friday. We're just doing it throughout the show. We'll have a lot of preview leading into Thursday's SMU game come next week. Uh, we just made college picks. 
Joe stated his hatred for NC State. Uh, I, I should say your hatred for Dave Doran. Mainly Dave Doran. Uh, based on your recruiting background. With yeah, we, we sat, me and my dad went to multiple NC State games. Just like, if you're still going to be around on signing day, we'll make sure you're a member of the NC State Wolfpack. And, well, we know how the story goes. I ended up in purple and golden for good reason. But, uh, yeah, hate you, Dave. And uh, we did have a state fan, uh, one of my good friends growing up, write in. Tim Beck, now the head coach at Coastal. Yeah, I, I get them confused. They're both terrible. Uh, the offenses special, look similar yeah, in terms just, of production. Just a special apology here, not to anybody else, just to Igo's friend, because NC State fans, I'm not apologizing. Uh, Robert and I is the offensive coordinator, came from Syracuse, and before that was with the Virginia staff from 2016 to 2021 as an offensive coordinator as well. So I apologize for getting them confused. I don't apologize for the offense, however. It's terrible. And the reason they brought in Brennan Armstrong was mainly because of an eye, kind of reconnecting those guys, and now Brennan Armstrong is benched. If, if I was an eye, I'd probably not pack the boxes in the house. Yeah. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but it's not looking great right now. State's offense, very similar to ECU's in terms of just not scoring. Just not, not getting going. When you can't score, it's mm-hmm. a problem. All right, let's make NFL picks. Uh Let's start with Jaguars at Bills. I think Zay Jones may be back this week. The Buffalo Bills are a five and a half point favorite. Is this a? Did these two teams meet in the playoffs last year? No, I guess they were both in the playoffs, but did not. No, meet. Jaguars the Jags played the Chiefs. Chiefs. That's mm-hmm. right. So could be a playoff matchup. Although the Jags have been kind of disappointing. Uh, lost to the Texans big a few weeks ago. They are, but they did bounce back and beat the Falcons this past weekend in London. And this game, I think, is in. It London. It is also in London. So the Jaguars, if you want to look at it from that perspective, maybe they have an advantage there. It's more uh, of a home field advantage. So they're, so it says Jags at Bills. I but, guess that's incorrect. Well, the, no, it's, it's a Bills home game. Yes, they're sacrificing one of their nine home games. But, but why? The Jaguars basically have the entire fandom of London at this point. They play yeah. there twice a year. I mean, I guess I'm a fan of these international games, but it's like, why should why should Buffalo have to? I have no idea why you would agree. Sacrifice a home game in London. It, it no. can't possibly be a smart thing to do. You're like, yeah, another away game, sure. So Jags give up versus a home game Bills. Wild. I'm gonna change it here on our spreadsheet since I feel like that's more accurate, at least. Yeah. And, and and because of that, I'm going Jaguars. I mean, if it, if this was in Buffalo, I would go Bills. They just swamped. If that's even a correct <laughs> term, they did that to the Dolphins last week. They swamped the Dolphins, um, and so. But I feel like now going to London and Jacksonville haven't already been there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that's a pretty big advantage. I'm going Jaguars covering the five and a half, Joe. I agree the same way, and uh, a more apropos would have been skin the fins, but that that'll come later when the Jets do it. So. Uh, I do take the Jaguars the same way. I think having a week in London on the time zone, being able to practice and get acclimated is a huge advantage, especially when you've played there the week before. So I think Buffalo might start out a little slow, but I do see the Jaguars covering five and a half. Philip? Yeah, I do a pick and pull with some friends where we do have to pick the game straight up, so I pick every Thursday. My upset pick of the week was the Jaguars, so I've got them winning outright, so definitely covering the plus five and a half. Heck yeah. I'm really not liking how these picks are going for any of us. We believe um, in the ghost of Blake Bortles. This is yeah. not not good when we're all on the same page. <laughs> the Panthers are a double-digit dog at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are a good football team. The Panthers are not, and that's why the spread is what it is. It I mean, is. The Panthers are... are are bad right now. Uh, the Lions, though, 
I just can't back the Lions as a ten point favorite against anybody. And I and the Panthers have at least like kind of hung around in some of their games. So we talked about it before, guys. If you get double digits in the NFL, it's hard to to not take it. And so I'm going Carolina here. They're due for a not going to say win, but they're due for a better performance all around. And I think maybe they can find a way to hang around this one, Joe. I disagree, and that's a good thing. Good, good, yeah. Good, yeah. Keeping it even. Uh, I think the Lions have too high-powered of an offense. I think that Ben Johnson is single-handedly kind of molding this offense into what it needs to be and basically auditioning to be the next head coach of, I mean, who's going to get fired here shortly? A lot of people. Probably the Chicago Bears. Um, I think the NFC North is a weak division, but the Lions are playing well above what their weight class would be in that instance. And Jamison Williams coming back because he bet on himself. First touchdown of the game, which means I'm going to do the same. So give me the Lions. I think 10 is an appropriate line because it's a field goal and a touchdown, and I think the toe ends with golf. Philip, you know, I said it last week about your Jets uh, there, Joey Football. I can't yeah. pick a team to win by 10 points in the NFL. I do think the Lions have a great offensive day. James Williams coming back. Obviously got Amon Ra, a handful of weapons there. But uh, I think the Panthers' offense wakes up, and they keep this one close. So uh, I'm going to have the Panthers covering. Yes, I mean, the Panthers, I know it hasn't been pretty to watch, but they've kind of hung around in these games somewhat i didn't even realize these two teams played in the preseason the the lions and panthers i don't know if that mm-hmm. matters at all 26 17 um, i would say not this day and time because nobody plays in the preseason yeah. no i don't even think 10 years ago yes because 10 years ago we had or 15 years ago we had we played them in the third preseason game they are who we thought they were yeah we don't have that anymore that is fair no. now so. everybody sits out till the fourth one so we'll see at least we're not all on carolina there all right ravens you're four. welcome Four-point favorite. Thank you. At the Steelers, uh, do we know if Keaton Mitchell's back yet? Do we? He practiced. He's back. I'm, I don't know if they've activated him yet. That's the thing I think we find out today. Today. I'll do a quick Twitter search here from the 94.3 The Game Twitter. Uh, all I see is Keaton. Somebody says Keaton Mitchell in his first start, and there's a picture of Chris, <laughs> Chris Johnson, Johnson running for touchdowns. Yeah, um, number 19 is going to score, man. Yeah, so it looks like it, there's been no official word either way, so keep an eye on that as we do this. Um, there's a report out by somebody says, I don't think the will activate Keith Mitchell right away. could be next week. So looks like they may be waiting till next week, uh, but keep them stashed on your fantasy team. Either way, Ravens are a four-point favorite at the Steelers. I backed the Steelers a lot this year, and I've been highly disappointed. I don't even know what their quarterback situation is. Yeah, is it, is it Trubisky? I think it is Trubisky. I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, Trubisky is the backup. (laughs) Yeah, Trubisky is the backup. So uh, I think Pickett's out, yeah. The Steelers are just, I like Garbage. (laughs) They really are, though, man. Dumpster fire. But it feels like with Mike Tomlin, like somehow he finds a way. That's true. In like random games to, like I'm talking myself into picking the Steelers here. And I hate myself. You've done this before. And I'm taking the Steelers again. Oh, boy. To cover the four. I like. I feel like Steelers Ravens. Even if the Ravens win, what are the chances it's on like a Justin Sucker field goal at the buzzer? So give me Steelers. I don't feel good about it, but I'm I'm doing it. Okay, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens. Uh, uh, the the line fair. was very very small last week, and we saw exactly how that played out. If there's one thing the Ravens do, it's handle the AFC North, except for past years when they've handled Joe Burrow when he was hot, but he looks bad too. So I think it's the Ravens. I don't think it's close. And I am going to predict 
Keaton Mitchell touchdown. If he plays, if we'll, he put, plays. we'll put an asterisk on it. If he's suited up, Keaton Mitchell touchdown. So basically when Keaton Mitchell plays, he's scoring a touchdown in his first game. Yes. Um, I'm going to pull an I go here and believe big and bounce back games, revenge <sighs> games. And the uh, the Steelers looked like the worst team in the league last week against Houston. They really did. And uh, with it being a home game against the Ravens, Man, they did lose nemesis. 36 yeah, it was the bad. Texans. They yeah. didn't, didn't score a touchdown. I think they find a way to keep it respectful. I mean, they might, they could lose by a touchdown. I think it is a one score game one way or another. So I'm going to go Steelers with it being the four point spread. Alrighty then. I do like here that the Steelers are coming off back to back road games, going back to the terrible towels. I like this bounce back spot. This is a must win game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And uh, some, they're only 2-2, two and two, so they're really not that terrible. I mean, Matt Canada's office is half-packed. It's whether or not he's taping the boxes after this game. Where's his brother at? Wasn't he on ECU staff last uh, year? I think it's his son. Chris he's Canada. at Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. His I always son. call him his brother. His yeah, son. no, it's his son. Uh, he's at Cincinnati now with um, Satterfield? Satterfield. Yeah, yeah, Satterfield. Chris Canada, former ECU uh, assistant coach. Legend. All right, Eagles are a four-point favorite at the Rams. The Rams have been, you know, somewhat good this year. Maybe not as bad as some people expected. The Eagles haven't been that great, but they're still undefeated. And this is a east to west coast trip. The Rams, you know, do they really have a home field advantage? I don't know, but it just feels like the Eagles are due for a loss, and I think it happens this week. Give me the Rams. The Eagles are a four-point favorite, if I didn't mention that. Really? Yeah. You took the Rams. I took the Rams for some reason. Well, if there's one thing, unfortunately, speaking as a New Yorker, Philly seems to do its travel for their teams. And the Eagles is no different. We've mentioned that SoFi is probably the worst home field advantage in all of football. And I stand by that this week. There's going to be a lot of green. I think Jalen Hurts plays the way Jalen Hurts is supposed to, two or three touchdowns from either Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown. And I think some way, somehow, Kenneth Gainwell finds his way into the end zone. So give me the birds. Phil. I think it's a trap game for Philly. I'm going Rams. This this just has that feeling. Are y'all surprised that the Chiefs are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Vikings? Extremely. I, I think I'm, it's not, I'm not extremely because the Vikings do always seem to put up, seem to put up a lot of points at home, whether they not win or not. This year. Yeah, did man one o'clock. Kirk Cousins. It's only going to be so bad. It was pretty bad last week. He's he's going to bounce back. We can at least keep it close, and I think that's why the spread is what it is. I am picking the Chiefs to cover. I, I, you give me the Chiefs three and a half against a team that can't really stop anybody. I'm taking the Chiefs as much as I would love to see the Vikings win here. I'm not going to overthink it. And but you know it feels like Vegas is begging you to take the Chiefs, and mm-hmm. usually in these situations, the other team is right. The, the right side to be on. So I'm probably going against my own advice here, but I just can't go against the Chiefs, Joe. I think three is too little. I think if it would have been like a four-and-a-half or five-and-a-half kind of swing, maybe I could talk myself into taking the Vikings. But Chris Jones is absolutely going to handle Garrett Bradbury as far as the interior goes. They're going to send somebody off the edge, and they're not going to know how to pick that up because it's a young young offensive line, and they don't look the part that they did last year. And Andy Reid is Andy Reid, and if you pick against Andy Reid, like many do, you lose. And that's why I have to take the Chiefs for the second week in a row. I am dejected. I do not like who I am. I blame Taylor Swift. How many times will we see Taylor Swift, assuming she's at this game on television? If I had to set the line at 17, I think it would be too low. Yeah. 
Oof. Really getting tired of that already. Yeah. So hopefully she's not. And there. it's CBS too, so it's its own new thing. They mm-hmm. have to ride in on the Taylor Swift type. The question is, how many times do we see the commercial? Too many. Because that that's got to be at the double digits also. Yeah. Cowboys and Niners probably the game of the week. The Niners are a four point favorite at home in Levi Stadium. It, it, it sounds right. I don't even. Yeah. Know yes, Levi. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is in Santa Clara, not San Francisco, but who's, who's, Technicalities of who's really counting. Um, this is a this is going to be a great game. I'm excited. Uh, this should be an awesome game. I think this is Sunday night football. Don't really know why I'm doing this, but I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys. And I, I just got a feeling. Like at some point the Brock Purdy train is going to come crashing down. Like is he going to be able to beat elite teams? And I'm not. I don't know if Dallas is elite, but they're they're good. They're really good. I think I get what you're saying. I think the thing that separates Dallas from most of those teams is the defensive line. And if there's an offensive line that can counter that, it is San yeah. Francisco. And Williams is probably going to be matched up on Micah the whole night, some way, somehow, because they're going to try and get him outside, and they're going to bring a chip protection or keep a tight end in with Kittle. And Mike is going to want to go rush the best guy because that's just what the ego-driven business is. And I think Williams holds him and McCaffrey gets off running well because I don't know if the secondary can play in the alley like other teams have against the 49ers and failed. Uh, I predict a big game for McCaffrey again. Brandon Ayuk also has, I think, 14 receptions this year that are first downs or touchdowns. and He has 19 total on the year or something crazy like that. So I think it's the 49ers. I believe in Shanahan. I do not like Mike McCarthy. Uh, Scott Lorbacher, he's a 49ers fan. He says he unfriended me and that Brock is greater than Dak, and I know it. Well, that's because that's 100% Dak Prescott's an overpaid Kirk Cousins, but that's another comment for another day. Put Brock Purdy in any other offense, and he would struggle mightily. He's in the perfect offense. Yeah, so is Tom Brady. All right, let's not let's, let's not don't, get on that. We are going to be rolling. Don't get me rolling. Let's still have good. I'm, I'm going Niners, and we got to get this break in so right. we can get this, right. this fight in. All right, all right. We got to get a break in. There's our NFL picks. We'll come back. We will talk about the best game of the week. You know, Niners and Cowboys is pretty good, but it doesn't, doesn't America's game of the week doesn't touch Jets Broncos. So we'll have that on the other side, and we'll break it all down. Hoist the colors on a Friday. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. Check out the Aussie Show host. 194.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into this Friday edition of Hoist the Colors. We've got a wardrobe change. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm in my bright orange Peyton Manning jersey. Go Broncos, Super Bowl 50 champions, Super Bowl 33 champions, Super Bowl 34 champions, three-time world champions. They play the Jets. On Sunday at 425, it is the game of the week everywhere. And uh, we'll get to Joe in a minute. First, we'll have Philip go ahead and make his picks before we get into this. So the Broncos are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Philip, who are you leaning in this matchup? Well, I can go back to my being the ref today as I get to officiate this great heavyweight fight between the two of you. It seems like ever since the Broncos won their Super Bowl, every time I feel good about them winning a game at home against a craft team, they blow it. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Jets. And now for our heavyweight battle, and Apollo Creed will ring the bell. Ding, ding. All right, so, Joe, I just got to ask, what the hell are you wearing? Sorry, I didn't have your mic up. Go ahead, Jeff. Hit it, Philip. Uniforms off after we're done playing. Sunglasses on. Gilligan's hats on. Interviews during the game. 
Um, that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see it either. So. I think your coach should be more worried about his offense. <clears throat> Uh, his offense is actually pretty good. You played the Bears. It's his defense. You played the, the Bears. Did you know that uh, the New York Jets, guys, the New York Jets, there's only five teams in NFL history that have a worse winning percentage than the Jets. Five. Um, can I guess? Can you all guess those Please. teams? Tampa Bay is the worst Tampa all time. Bay is so the worst. Tampa Bay is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Cleveland's on the list. Uh, Cleveland is actually better than uh, the New York the Jets. Cardinals, That's how bad the Jets The Cardinals are, are definitely on the list. The Cardinals list. are on the list. Um, the Jaguars, the Houston Texans are slightly worse, and then one team in the Panthers division, not the Panthers, but... Oh, the Saints, man. Somehow the Saints are also better than the Jets. How's the Falcons? The what? Falcons are worse than the Jets in terms of winning percentage. The New York Jets, which started playing football the same year as the Denver Broncos in 1960... Uh, they have a 440 winning percentage. The Denver Broncos are at a balmy 523 winning percentage. That is 13th all time. These two teams have met once in the playoffs. They have. That was the 1999 AFC Championship. The Jets were leading by 10 and then blew the game. The Broncos went on to win and win the Super Bowl. And uh, I think we're going to see a repeat of that Okay. this Sunday. You think so? There's How- only one quarterback <laughs> In the entirety of Patrick Mahomes' career, that has outthrown him, thrown more touchdowns, or had a better rushing attack with the same game. That's Zachary Wilson. Don't tell me you're gonna get on the, the BB slinging quarterback out of BYU, chasing Cougars and leading Cougars. I believe the Zach train is alive and well. We are back, baby. There is absolutely zero chance Zach Wilson is going to follow up last week's performance with another strong performance. At one point last year, Russell Wilson had more commercials with Subway than he did touchdown passes. And it wasn't like week two. It was like week 13. It's a new year. You want to know who his offensive coordinator was that year? Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, he looks Now he's the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Hey, man. Sometimes it's about who you have around you. The guy's a joke. It's okay. Who's your number one receiver? I mean, they got like three. It's hard to pick one. Oh, oh yeah, really? <laughs> Garrett Wilson. I would love to know what PS2 plans to PS2 do against Garrett Wilson. Down. Garrett Wilson is going to have, you know, lock of the week. Garrett Whoa. Wilson will have less than 40 yards receiving, and the Denver Broncos will win this game by two touchdowns. Anson Belt and Buckle, <laughs> lock of the week. The Denver Broncos are going to dominate. The New York Jets are going to send Nathaniel Backett. Back it back home because that's where he belongs. He's a joke. He's a fraud. No, okay. Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett can't coach anybody. Okay. Aaron Rodgers did the coaching in Green Bay. We saw that last year. Zach Wilson's probably coaching himself now. Hey, what happened the last time there was a quarterback that tried to coach where you guys were? Oh, that that's right. The locker room was lost. They had to give Russell Wilson his own office. Look, he has to past. have a publicist that was also to under text Nathaniel him. Hackett. Yeah. So sometimes it's not about the head coach. Sometimes it's about the players you have. And when you have a diva at quarterback who's so far concerned with his subway commercials instead of throwing a slant route or a go ball to Cortland Sutton, who's 6'5", then, yeah, maybe your priorities are a little gone. Maybe as a head coach you can't focus on the game because you're so worried about crybaby Russell Wilson, who's an NC State Wolfpack, by the way, Wisconsin. getting his kind of throws. And He's blue, from a blue. whole pack of Badgers. You guys are both wrong. No, both right. I, I forgot. But did I? No. I'm going to assume you're taking the the Broncos this weekend. 
to win the game. You, you, you know what they say about assuming, right? You can't say it on the air. Give me the Jets. It's not close. I understand you're going to pick two touchdowns. You're going to try and lock it down. I'm not going to do that because it's going to be so... Because you have zero confidence in your no, crap franchise. No, it's going to be so far... We're 100% in Super Bowls, by the way. We've never lost one. It's going to be one of those games where we feel bad for you by the fourth quarter. We let the gas off. We put Tim Boyle out there. Tim Boyle's handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook at 35 years old in the retirement home. He's not 35, but he looks it. That's how bad it's going to be. The New York Jets. You're going to pray for mercy at halftime to have a running clock like it's a high school game. The New York Jets are so irrelevant. Jermaine Johnson's going to pick Russell Wilson up and snap him like a sandwich. I didn't even realize Dalvin Cook played there. So is he even doing anything, by the way? He gets a carry a game. In the retirement home. Which is insane. He, like, he went from like, the best running back in the league to irrelevant. Philip Lindsay did the same thing for you guys. He did. Now he's on unemployment. But he also wasn't Dalvin Cook. They're feeding him welfare checks. Did you know that the Jets, along with being the uh, one of the worst teams in winning percentage, also had the second longest Super Bowl appearance drought in the league? Yes. Yes, we do. How and that's that because in 2010 we got screwed on a roughing the kick call against the Steelers in the AFC title game, and I'm still hot about it, but that's neither here nor there. It's pretty sad. Mark Sanchez is taking you guys to the Amen. AFC championship, and nobody else has. You guys won a playoff game with Tim Tebow. We did. He threw off his back foot, and if it wasn't for Jesus himself guiding the ball you know into Thomas's hands, you know what Tim Tebow did? Go that year? home. He beat the New York Jets yeah. on like Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah, he did. That was also back when they used to throw the Jaguars and the Titans on there and pray that nobody watched it. It was a rough time for everyone, especially you guys. All right, got to get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll have final closing thoughts. Jets Broncos on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors. And also... Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Steve and I go. How good is this? On 94.3 The Game. Okay, welcome back into the show. It's a Friday edition of Hoist the Colors. We always have fun on Fridays. It's the end of the week, not a lot of ECU going on right now because there's no game. But right. you know what game there is this weekend? The game of the century. Broncos, Jets. I, I got to say, if I was a non-partisan fan, and even as a partisan Broncos fan, I think that Broncos-Jets may be the single worst football game. But no. it's going to be an incredible game because the Broncos are going to kick the Jets' tail. 14 points or more. Lock of the week, by the way. If I didn't make it clear, Anson, belt, and buckle lock. If I may. At one point, we watched the Jaguars and the Titans playing a color rush game on Thursday night. You want to talk about the worst game of all time. I mean, we watched you guys play the Commanders last year on prime time. Did they score a touchdown? Probably not. I think it ended 13-6. to And it was all Hackett-led Broncos. Definitely not. Or 12 to 6. I think it was like score gummy. It was just bad football. Last year, when Nathaniel Hackett coached the Denver Broncos against your New York Jets, they scored nine points. 16 to 9 was the final score. Yeah, he had Russell Wilson, not Zach Wilson. It's all about the Wilson you have. Russell Wilson is a million. Throwing the right Wilson. Wilson! Garrett Wilson. Russell Wilson! You guys traded Jay Cutler for Kyle Orton. This can't be looked That's Josh past. McDaniels. That's. that's that's basically Nathaniel Hackett territory. That's where your OC is in. He's in the worst worst company of any Broncos coach ever. Tell you what, we'll see how it goes for the New York Jets with his offense. All right, this, this uh, fight has come to an end. Corners. There we go. Corners, boys. All right, Philip. thanks for listening. Uh, everybody out there, thanks, Joe. Good luck. Not really. Uh, this has been Oyster Colors. We'll talk to you on Monday.
This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Collars on 94.3 The Game. Car into cash with an instant Kelly Blue Book offer from Barber Hendrick Honda. In-